When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College football is returning to Dublin this summer, yet the Aviva Stadium will host the 2024 Lingus College Football Classic. Georgia Tech, Florida State, August 24th. You've got to be there. Game tickets available in March 2024. But, and here's the kicker, in the meantime, you can register your interest at collegefootballisland.com. Go to collegefootballisland.com, get exclusive updates, team news, access to the pre-sale. So make sure you don't miss out. And you don't want to miss out, because Propo's going to be there. And if that wasn't enough, Ben's going to be there as well. What a game it's going to be. CollegeFootballIsland.com. Get involved. All right, Mike, good to see you, man. And uh, as you just moments ago reminded me, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we could use a little whiteness here, and I mean that in the sense of snow. <laughs> Glad you clarified that. <laughs> not in the sense of government immigration policy. Um, but, um, okay. But, um, you know, I, I once wrote a piece. I love Thanksgiving better than Christmas because it's like Christmas without the trauma. But I once wrote a piece. <laughs> Depends where you're about, having Thanksgiving, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, about how difficult English Christmas was and how the English actually were more like, you know, pre-ghost Scrooge than post-ghost Scrooge. <laughs> mm. And um, and the way you knew this was that being English and, and the greatest joy in life is enduring unnecessary hardship. They made Christmas into a two-day holiday. Naturally. So, and by closing by closing public transport and putting up roadworks that nobody's working on and all the major thoroughfares in the country they ensured everyone would be trapped with their families for two days <laughs> which no seems escape. to be more which seems to be more than they can dare well, I, well at least but anyway i love i love christmas i'm gonna get the tree today or tomorrow nice okay we're gonna have yeah, more rain christmas tips from Ryan mike in the build-up so next monday as well we can maybe get triple the triple the americana where we had carlson sings christmas the, the, C, the cd that was great one of my favorites oh there were some good songs on that too oh, you gotta, yeah. we had to find that album cover and put it put it up i can imagine you're kind of more dean martin uh than anything else when it comes to christmas jerry lewis yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm writing i'm writing norman lear's obituary and uh for the guardian and norman lear got his start with his partner his then partner um writing for dean martin and jerry lewis that was his big breakthrough oh, um, i didn't know that i didn't know that when, when yeah. they were doing yeah when they were doing the colgate comedy hour oh is that where they started then so i thought oh they were they didn't go straight to movie. they didn't go straight oh they started as a tag team and then broke to movies okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, i thought they were matched i always thought they were married together by star star okay that makes a lot of sense anyway much i love to i would actually genuinely love to spend an hour talking about dean martin and the rat pack and everything else. you know yeah. i would but we've got football to chat you about would. let's start with uh patrick mahomes the big story one of the big stories coming out of yesterday of course with that the manner in which the chiefs lost uh, against the bills unhappy with the flag that negated what would have been let's face it like a sensational touchdown oh, what what an ending I, I was thinking you know this is the great this is the best week of the season <laughs> sure was he in any way justified when you look at the freeze frame shots that have come out subsequently it seems pretty clear that that it, it's a pe- it's right? a penalty yeah. yeah it's a penalty um so you can't really argue. You might argue with the call. Some people were saying the officials could have just told him to move back, which which actually is more true than you think because right. one 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 line judge can't see the ball, mm. you know, in a sense because he's standing he's standing in front of it. But they're so lax. It reminded me a bit of do you remember when um, in the Super Bowl when D Ford was called offside mm-hmm. um, for a similar thing? He was he was on the defensive side, but it was a similar thing. He was lined up you know, ahead of the ball on, on, on the other way. But when you look at the lineups, and I complain about this rigorously because on some plays, teams have five receivers and they're all literally on the line of scrimmage or just behind it. And the tackles are two yards behind them, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I, I just thought, Oh yeah, it's, it's a, it's a horrible way to do it, but, but it is a valid call. Was it the right call? 
I don't know. It doesn't really affect play, does it? But um... well, that's Mahomes is clearly that that that's the the cause of his consternation, right? Is he saying that it's is he saying it's a ludicrous penalty in the first place, or the fact that it as in it, because it didn't affect play at all? And we see this all the time in football, right? With offside, is he interfering with play or not? Was it that was that where Mahomes was going with it? I, he... I think so. I mean, obviously, it was mostly just frustration. Sure, but when you when you think about the way that officials let the boys play right. in the last few minutes of the game, it then makes it more uh, kind of like egregious when they when they call the what would you it's not ticky tacky but i'm with you yeah 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 so you, you make know, an interesting um, point on the, the but the there's no that, question that he was offside there's yeah no he was question. no question on that but, yeah. but the point you make about the and we often see it and in fact since subsequently since the uh in the fallout of, of mahomes the mahomes meltdown there's quite a lot flying around on on x and other other channels showing officials just giving a little nudge pointing stuff out to players giving them, I guess, a friendly warning. If you do this, watch out, you know. So I guess that side of it, the inconsistency you often talk about as well is is maddening for players, right? That Yeah, yeah. Although um, whoever was in charge um, after the game explained that late in the game, they don't do that. He Mm, he said, I've never heard that before, but his argument was that late in the game, they don't feel the need to have to tell players you know, where to align. I think that's kind of specious, but... Um, yeah, it is a little bit, uh, isn't it? And but, uh, there was an interesting yeah. thing. We've seen the new Hard Knocks in uh, in-season series around Miami. The, the new episodes yeah. of those have come out. And there was an official talking to Tyreek before before the game started, essentially giving him some friendly advice about, about motion and to what to watch out for so he doesn't get, so he doesn't get caught. So I, I kind of get that side of it. Did you see, I'm um, like, Brittany Mahomes... Uh, the other half, uh, dropping a post on Instagram suggesting that the official that flagged the play is MVP, is the MVP. Do you see Ma? <laughs> she dropped... No. You see what she did there? No. That's genius, huh? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's comedy gold from Brittany Martin. I guess that makes Canarius Tony MVS <laughs> yeah. for MVS well, too. One of the announcers yeah. was going on about Tony making all these mistakes, and I'm sure he was confusing him with with yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, because because he was like combining all the mistakes into one player, and of course Tony got the touchdown. So would have got it, even yeah. More, be, even even, even more. more. You kind of understand just... the announcer though, Mike, doing that because as we've talked about all season, the Chiefs have got fourteen different receivers, and no and no one's stepping up, no. right? And this no, is the I mean, you know, Rashi Weiss always looks like he's going to, but then he had the fumble. Um, you went quite Daffy Duck then when you, when you said, "Why is she white?" Yeah, I mean, he, he we thought he was going to step up. How worried should the Chiefs be now about this form? They've dropped four or six, and and to your point, they would have they would have won one of those with the MVS catch if he hadn't dropped it, and they could have won mm-hmm. last night if the the official had gone, you know, had had, had not flagged it, and it would have would have of course probably been the, the go ahead score. They're two games behind Baltimore now, so how worried about this form should they be? Well, I think the top seed has always been, you know, for the last few weeks has always been a long shot. So it's, it's. I don't think they need to worry about that. They're only a game ahead of Denver now in the yeah. in the division, which is interesting. But their schedule is a lot easier um, on, on the run in. So you know, I think the division is still probably a lot. The the thing is, as they were talking last night, and as we talked about, I think last week, the Chiefs haven't won a game where the opponents score more than 20 points. Mm. But now, you know, and this one was just 20, but but we'll we'll take that. And Buffalo was the same, basically. They had mm. six losses in all of which they hadn't, you know, the opponents had scored more than 20. Um, so that's the worry, because this is a Chiefs team that's supposed to be able to blow you out, you know, with big plays quickly, the way San Francisco did, um, you know, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and they can't do that. You know, they, they can't do it when they're, um when the when early in the game when you know when they want to play from in front like most teams do and they can't do it late in the game when they have to you know that's what that was the important thing i think with this the kelsey um um cherry picker or whatever you want whatever you want to call it um hook and ladder um i'm not sure that was designed i'm not sure he didn't just see it but but yeah. whichever way, whichever way it went, I mean, the overarm, the overarm throw was brilliant. I quite like it more and, if he did just see it, did, did, yeah, did it on the fly. Yeah. I, but I like think it. you, I think Tony was following, was following the play. Mm. Um, you know, I haven't seen one like that. It was, it was, um, it was, oh, I think it was when he was in Oakland. It was Randy Moss. Mm. And they, they threw what was in effect a Hail Mary up. 
and Moss was at about the six, seven yard line. And then he jumped up. Yes, I and remember. While he's, yeah. in, while he's in the air, he just tapped it back That's to it whoever yeah, was yeah, trailing, yeah, yeah. trailing the play. Yeah, yeah. it reminded, reminded yeah, me of that. Love that. Um, so the Chiefs, not in great form. Two games, as I say, behind Baltimore. The Bills, on the other hand, with that win there. Well, the Bills are alive with the sound of playoffs. Um, like. Yeah, I mean, they're they're last in the seedings. They're eleventh yeah. in the playoff picture. But that you know, we have what six teams at seven and six. You're the Bengals, Texans, Colts, Broncos, all all ahead of them, right? Um, so you're yeah, right. Every seven and six teams ahead of them, um, and they can pretty much run run the board. Excuse me, just a second, because I have I went through. Um, you know the remaining schedules. And yeah, so they've got Dallas. They after, got Dallas after Dallas, they can then they've then got two games and they'll go into Miami. Yeah, and the Miami game may or may not be meaningful for the Dolphins. Sure, at, at that point they might still be battling you know, for the number one seed. That's the risk, I guess, for for the yeah Chargers and Pats. Yeah, that, the two games in between, by the way. So the Dallas, yeah. So Chargers, so, you know, so they're sitting with with a chance, not yeah. a great chance. Because there's teams with you know the teams ahead of them have much easier schedules, um, obviously, but um, it's it's not it's not unfair to think they should be, and it's actually not unfair to think that of all those teams at seven and six, they're probably the best team. Sure, I think that's a really for the Broncos. Maybe the yeah, the one I'd challenge there. Definitely. Well, I, let's get into this. Oh, I want to get into the Bengals. I want to get all of those teams. So we'll talk about them in more detail. Just on the Bills for a mo. More. Injuries to their defense, which, of course, has been one of the big problems this season, of course, as, as we've talked about many a time on the show. But now uh, AJ Espenenza has gone down, Michael Hyde's gone down as well. So they are uh, bare bones in terms of their starters. Yeah, Hyde's, well, Espenenza has been probably their best pass rusher, apart from Von Miller. And one thing I noticed, I don't know if anyone else did, and I didn't have the time this morning to go back and look at the look at the game tape because for some reason on my phone it wouldn't. It was saying it wasn't available, mm. um, but um, two plays after the offside penalty, I thought Von Miller was in the neutral zone. He stepped in the neutral zone and stepped back, and then he came in. He got good pass rush on that too. But I thought he was in the neutral zone at the snap, and and there was no no call on that. Um, it's a, we'll it's a gray we'll investigate area. that after. He's a great area. We're going to investigate that. <laughs> so they are yeah just about alive the Bills with that win. Um, but as Mike says. It is congested in there. We'll, we'll we'll look at the well. Actually, you know, let's go to that next. You mentioned we'll obviously talk about the, the big win for the Cowboys. But let's stay in the AFC. Let's talk a bit about the Broncos. So let's dive into the Passyunk Avenue mailbag for the first time today. Yeah. Now, of course, let's I might we'll pick There's his big favorite. money. Big money at stake here. Yes, there is. He doesn't lie. He tells testified. Tells the truth. Twenty five pounds bar tab is up for grabs for Iron Mike's favorite question from the Passyunk mailbag. We'll go to James Gregory. Hey, James. Uh, echoing Mike's sentiment a little bit earlier, but let's drill down a little bit more and see what he thinks. Can let's the drill Broncos... down into. Let's drill down into the sediment. Let's grow okay. sentiment. Sediment. Well, maybe both. <laughs> uh, can the Broncos win the AFC West? So the Broncos, as you suggested, Mike, they're in with a they're in with a shot certainly, and they are they're the form team of the NFL right now in in sensational form, and uh, the defense in particular, the much maligned defense, of course, having been slammed early doors by Miami in the season and ranked 32nd for the first quarter, first third of the season is now maybe one of the top five defenses in the league. So what's changed? What defensively, what has changed? Well, it's, I think it's just taken them some time um, to get back to where Vance Joseph was, you know, be, now that he's back, he came back. I mean, that's, I think that's partly been the situation for the Broncos in general. If you want, if you want to say, why have they gotten so good? It's taken them time to adjust to Sean Payton and, and to Vance Joseph. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can see how the offense has adjusted to Payton in mm. that game. And, and I mean, the contrast, um, the contrast in this game in, in terms of coaching was immense, you know, and, I, I think I noted the play the play that I noted was the touchdown um where they ran the fake the fake power um out, outside zone power to the right. And um Russell Wilson did a great job of hiding the ball and then started to bootleg to the left and then just stopped because Adam Troutman was Troutman was standing having a cup of tea in the end zone and <laughs> threw him the ball you know, for the touchdown. I just thought, you know, what a 
beautifully conceived play. And that's mm. kind of what their offense their offense is doing. Wilson looks comfortable. Yeah. So on um, that, because you know, even you expressed concern about the match, right? The alignment between Peyton's yeah. philosophy and the skill set of Wilson's when the deal was done and, and early on to your point when they weren't really gelling, but if you revised your opinion a little bit now, do you think he is maybe a, a good enough fit for what Peyton wants to do? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm talking about getting used to this. I mean, he's a smart athlete. He was a baseball, you know, pro baseball player. He played at two colleges, um, slumps, you know, one that was not a powerhouse in Wisconsin. They were a pretty strong team then and a run first team. You know, and then he went to Seattle, whose philosophy was very similar to Wisconsin. So it was a good fit for him. But, you know, this is taking advantage of all of his skills. You know, in Seattle, his mobility was a way to keep plays alive in with a bad offensive line. Here, his mobility is being used as part as part of the scheme of the offense um, in order to. Uh, make the running backs more effective and to run a lot of play action. Uh, he's not like he's not like um, Drew Brees in the sense of you know sitting there and picking you apart bit by bit with with accuracy and downfield. But Peyton has changed that a, a little bit too. And you know I think the dangerous thing about about uh, Denver is they've got they've got such an easy schedule. They got the Chargers. They got Detroit. Yeah. Who are not who are, you know, are the not moment, yeah. the ten ten and three T or nine and three? Um, then they've got New England, the Chargers again, and Vegas. Sure. So you know, let let's. It's not impossible to think that they'll be eleven and six at the end at the end of the year. Yeah. And with Kansas City, with Kansas City at um, eight and five, and they've got um, Cincinnati along the way. Um, so they'll probably be um they'll probably be i would say not not unusual that they'll they'll be 12 and 5 rather wow. than I, and 6 but something could go wrong along that way. I mean, the Bengals it, could be a tough out well they could be it's extraordinary to think we're even having this conversation now <laughs> you know if, if we backtracked 5 6 weeks uh we'd have been accused of um well uh, heavy drinking in the morning. I might see as recording this at 10, 20, 28, uh, suggesting the Broncos are 12 and five and powerful. Hey, well, yeah. You knock yourself out, kiddo. It's Christmas after all. Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Since you mentioned Jake Browning looks good, Mike. Yeah. And, um, surprisingly so, but not so much. If you go back and think about him in college, he was pretty, you know, pretty good. And I think they've, they've handled him well. Mm. Um, he's doing a lot of Joe Burrow esque things uh in that team and and cincinnati I, it's funny because hang on just hold on to that what do you mean he's doing joe burrow things joe burrow things yeah <laughs> making the most out of breakdown situations or getting rid of the ball just just as it seems like his line is about to let him down yeah um but um i think but what's interesting is our favorite canadian player chase brown who's all of a sudden opened up their running road the rookie um it's amazing, from Illinois. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, who transferred to Illinois from I think Western Michigan or somewhere like that. And to play with his brother, Sydney, who plays for the um who plays for the Eagles, defensive back. Mm. But they're Canadians. They're both Canadians and and he won the uh, John Cornish award last year as the best Canadian player in the NCAA. Mm. But I mean he's just he runs really Lightning. well. Mm. He's quick, he's shifting, he's got power. And I think that's helped them that's helped them a bit too, because they really need, you know, a running game. Burrow, Burrow is really wants to be a play action kind of quarterback. Mm. And, and that this gives Browning that chance. Now he was hurt is it looked like his, um, his hand was hurt at the end of that game. So I don't know what that means in terms of going ahead uh, for the Bengals, but you know, it's AJ kind McCarron of like, all the way. AJ McCarron, <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. It's is just going to say, you know, yeah. at the rate we're going in the NFL, the court, the starting quarterbacks by week 16 are going to look like the XFL. You know? <laughs> it's going to be me, you, and Ben, I think, starting week 16 at this rate. Uh, yeah, what are they saying about Browning? So, yeah, he, he obviously caught a knock in the game, but there's nothing coming out that a uh, thumb cramp was what Albert Breer. Thumb cramp? We've all had it. <laughs> no, I get those. Yeah. I get those. But, uh, that's you, we've all had it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't drink enough water, and it was embarrassing. He said so. I don't think it's a serious injury, fortunately. So, so uh, where I does this Viking thing... Viking disease? 
which we'll talk about in a minute with the team. But there's this thing where you get these lumps on your hands mm. that are basically the the um, tendons for your fingers are lumping up under your mm. palm usually. And sometimes your fingers can get all deformed stuff. But but it's like people of Scandinavian extraction are 90% of the people who get it. And nobody knows why. So they jokingly call it um, Viking disease. Viking disease. Okay. Um, on Cincy with Browning, and look, it's a small sample size, couple of games, but he's looked, he's looked, looked bloody good. Yeah. He's still very much in the mix. I mean, they're obviously still in the mix of the playoffs, but I mean, how, how dangerous can they be with their backup? Well, pretty dangerous, you know, um, because they've got. I, I was making a big deal about Brown, but, you know, Jamar Chase is still there. He's good for one or two big plays a game. Yep. They really use, they've been using the tight ends a lot, you know, and, and getting decent results from, um, from, from the, that group. And, and defensively, Anna Rumo seems to be able to keep them in most games. Um, you know, there are less, Wilson had a great game. Um, I thought, um, you know, he 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 covers, he hits, um, he's not he's smart. Um, and you know, they get a lot from two pass rushers, basically, you yeah. know, Hubbard, Hubbard and Hendrickson. So yeah, the, they're not a team you want to play with everything on the line, is is basically what I think. And you know, and that division still, what is it, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. In Baltimore, so they're all in the playoff on, you know. Yes, it's, and Pittsburgh is top of the ranking still, and I think Pittsburgh may be the worst team out of the four of them, of, right? Yeah, of, about yeah. Like the injury. It's, that's it's so weird. Yeah. Well, Joe Flacco, I'm Joe Flacco was... is back, baby. He's back. <laughs> I mean, someone pointed out that you know what Flacco's done in the last two weeks. No Pittsburgh quarterback has been able to do since <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger was like two years from retirement. No argument for um, me. Well, but Flacco, I mean, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, he had his had his moments, had his wobbles, but. Look, fine. Did what they need needed him to do. I mean, Flacco is perhaps the the best fit they've had so far this season, right? For this offense, yeah. And I think what you said is exactly right. I mean, what what he all he all he has done is come in and remind everybody that you know, okay, you know, there's downfield plays there. You know, we, and yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. He's still he's rusty as well in in one sense, but you know, no no pain, no gain. You know, if you don't if you don't try, what you do? So let's go downfield. You know, that's mm. what the that's what these guys are on the roster to do. So I think that makes Cleveland with their defense much more threatening. You know, you think of you think of the um, the way that the Ravens went to the Super Bowl with Flacco and yeah, it was sure. mostly it was mostly defense and big plays which was the same formula with um with Trent Dilfer you know it's, yeah. it's it's the Bill Parcells kind of formula you know you play good defense you run the ball a lot and you get a couple of big plays when everybody's trying to stop the run and that that seems to work out pretty well if, if this team had Nick Chubb, they'd be really good. Oh, you know? Boy, would they be good. Um, incidentally, I just have to pick you up on one thing. Rusty Flacco is his cousin. <laughs> he lives in uh, lives in uh, in Reno. <laughs> Rusty Flacco. Rusty yeah. Flacco. <laughs> cousin Rusty. The um He runs he runs a three card Monty game behind the does. plaza. But yeah, in Jack Del Rio's bar, the back room. <laughs> Del Rio's. The um the the Browns win over the Jags. I guess the, the asterisk on that is that Trevor Lawrence, um, Trevor Lawrence, clearly not hundred percent. Was he? I mean, he looked. Um, he looked. I mean, I. I. He was a. I think a little honest, surprised he that he started. Closer, he looked closer to hundred percent than Jalen Hurts did. Yeah. Okay. When Jalen Hurts <laughs> was running, he looked like an old man running. You know, he it's, uh, and and in, to Lawrence's credit too, he was really trying. I mean, you know, he was pushing. He was scrambling and pushing himself and diving, trying to get first downs and things yeah. like that. Um, you know, I, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of guts and I don't know how he did it. Cause you know, I mean, obviously the injury looked worse than it was, but even on a high ankle sprain mm. to come back in five that days quickly, is, yeah. is, 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 is not good. I mean, whatever, whatever they did to get him there, it's yeah. probably going to ache, ache like hell today, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, there is definitely Sunday uh, connotation. Yeah, long-term sure. they don't want to mess with that because again, that's, that's um they're ahead um of Indian Cleveland and mm. Houston. 
in no sorry indy and houston not mm. cleveland obviously in indy and houston in that division you know and that's a tight three-way race now yeah too. yeah well although although, mm. although losing to the jets is a bad is a momentum <laughs> killer a, great a momentum killer yeah <laughs> to, to, to uh, end all momentum killers i mean yeah they i mean the texas and with uh with cj stroud's um Injury as well, of course, that affected their performance. But the kind of figure that maybe yeah, and there was no call on that. Mm. Um, what's his name? Dwayne Height, um, or Height? I'm not sure how you pronounce we'll it. With but Haight, he was the, he's the umpire. If, if if you look him up, he's got a strange history as a college referee. But mm. but he's right there, and Stroud throws the pass, and then he gets hit by two guys. A full second later, yeah. you know, like yeah, you know, a step and a half for each of them later, and and no flag at all. And mm. then, you know, it's it's sometimes it's just incomprehensible. You know, what are we trying to protect? You mm. know, who was it who was tackled by the back of his helmet? They threw a flag for a horse collar, and then they said, "Oh, it's no horse collar," but he was tackled by the guy grabbing the inside of his helmet and pulling him down. Mm. And isn't that like hands to the head or something? You know that. It, if it's not a penalty, it should be, you know, and if we're trying to protect people, it should be, you know. What was the 30 yard penalty? Because it was the it was the face mask, the, the double, double down <laughs> penalty, the worst penalty in the history uh, penalty. The um, OK, the, so the AFC is looking tight. The NFC equally fascinating. So we're going to get into that next. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, some messages from our sponsors when we come back. We'll break down. Big win for the Cowboys, the playoff race in the NFC, and more from the Pasiak Avenue mailbag that's coming next. All right, Mike, let's talk about them Cowboys. We, I'm sure Cowboys fans are, are frustrated we haven't led off with them, but we're going to pay you some lip service now. I mean, I'm frustrated we didn't lead off with Minnesota. Then <laughs> yes, later. you would. What I remind, <laughs> where to start with that? The the Cowboys. Uh, well, everything's chiming really offensively, isn't it? They got the ground game going in the first half alone. They had a hundred yards pretty much against the Eagles. They've scored thirty or more in six of their last seven now, and this isn't a pushover defense, even if it's having its own problems, Philly uh, uh, right now. It's a you know it's a heavyweight top ten D. So. The Cowboys really laying down a marker with this win. How does this yeah. shake up with the 49ers taking care of business as well? The Eagles on their mini tilt. How does this shake up the NFC race for you? Do you feel these three are all kind of the Hurts injury notwithstanding, all kind of around the same level? Yeah, I, I think the Eagles need a, a, a kind of restart, a reboot. Mm. You know, they look tired in that game. Um, yeah. And like I said, Hurts was running kind of like an old man. The key to that game was three fumbles. Mm. Um, you know, they made three times they made good plays and fumbled the ball away. And and Dallas turned that into points. I'm not so I'm not making excuses for them because they were outplayed by Dallas, um, pure, pure and simple. Um, and Dak had had another great game. You know, I yeah. think the MVP discussion seems to get more and more ferocious every week. And somebody whoever has a good game on primetime television moves to the front you know but that's this week that's stack and deservedly so you know he, he had a very he had a very good game um and the thing that the thing with philadelphia is we talked last week about the second level of their defense the linebackers and it it hurt them a lot in this game the, yeah um and you could see it in the kind of not enough tackling after the line of scrimmage and in covering on, on swing passes and stuff like that. But they were also picked apart and they've got rookies and undrafted guys in the secondary too. Now we have a couple of guys from Alabama with Ricks and, and Job um, and they're, they're getting hurt there, but you know, Ferguson had a big game. Yeah. Got, hell of a the rookie tight ends. It was a good crop of rookie tight ends coming out of college this, mm. this past year. And, you know, a couple of them are really having good seasons and Ferguson's one of them. He doesn't get all, you know, he's not the shiny hood ornament, so he doesn't get a lot of attention there, well, but he was just running through the, the middle of their defense. He's a, he's a brilliant player. Speaking of, um, under under the radar players let's show a bit of kicker love i think i might for brandon I was just gonna say that you know the way to get onto like the all the all rookie team is to yeah. have a good game on a national television uh 60 yards 59 yards 52 yards and each of his kicks and and granted it's a dome stadium and there's no win factor could have gone further each of his kicks go it's they're perfect they go up you know quickly 
they're end over end, mm. straight line right yep. through the posts. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and I just thought, God, that's be- it's beautiful to watch. You know, yeah. well, uh, yeah. you don't say that too Absolutely. often about about kickers. Well, I you think know? you should and, say it more. We know there's always a, it's a good bit of punter news in our soccer. Anyway, a guy called Aubrey, a guy yeah. called Aubrey, who's a soccer player. <laughs> oh, you had a, you would, had a, of course, would be your favorite NFL. Well, player. well, obviously, a kicker called Aubrey is yeah. The um, yeah. what was the other? Yeah, the West Ham. You you this week's oh, um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Really... He kicked a safety. In, I mean, we're yeah. talking about kickers. It was a brilliant kick. You know, it would have beat the goalie by three feet. We need it. We need it against Fulham, frankly. So Lamar. Well, when the season's finished, <laughs> we'll give you a shout. Um, so Dallas taking care of business. That offense. Uh, as you said, for the Eagles, not well, it's getting in its own way, but irrespective of that and the Hurts injury, I mean, that is a problematic return because he had the Jalen Carter fumble return, right? Contributing to those yeah. meager that 13 was almost, points. Yeah. That was almost the bad guy play of the week. But, well, what um, was? But um, What have you gone for? What's, what, what's his name? Um, this, um, Benito Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, when Benito Jones picked up that ball and tried to tried to run it, <laughs> and <laughs> as we used to say, doing commentary, he's built for comfort, not for speed. <laughs> yeah, yes, he and was. then he was completely exhausted. He got hit and knocked out of bounds. Yeah. Was the was like a bleached whale, a beat bleached, yeah, a bleached well, maybe, whale. But- um, yeah. but, but he gets yeah. the auction and he's uh, he's put in a ship. So the Cowboys and the 49ers may be breaking away, we're arguing from, from no, I wouldn't write Phil- I wouldn't write Philadelphia off um for the simple reason that the difficult stretch of their schedule, which everybody said would be difficult, you know, looking at it. And um they now go to Seattle, which is not easy by any means, mm-hmm. but then they've got the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants again. So, so you can't write, you can't write them off. Um, And I've said, I think I said it last week as well. I keep saying this because we, we, Dan, toward the end of the season, one always keeps going back to the same teams, but um, it's not that they're not as good as last year's team. Although the difference in one sense is that a lot of the veteran presence left and the young Mm -hmm. players are still adjusting to NFL and and leadership is something that you'd more often get from those veteran players. Sure. But it's also that they they played a very easy schedule last year. Mm-hmm. And this year they're playing a very hard schedule. Yeah. And that's a big part of the difference. And they're still and this, yeah, exactly. uh, 10 and still three. Right. So, exactly. Yeah, so I mean even let's say they lose and they go to 10 and four, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna wind up with three wins, they're going to be 13 and four. Yeah. yeah unless yeah. something drastic happens. Well, the 49ers are 10 and three as well with that, with that win against the Hawks. They blew them away. So I know I, I take your point. Oh, the they're blowing everybody out, away. Blowing everyone and, away. And, yeah. They're a different team in a sense. Um, Seattle. Because no, uh, the 49ers, because they're blowing teams away with, with big plays. Yeah. You know, McCaffrey's run on the first play of the game, 70 yards, and then they get a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Debo had the one big play. Kittle had this the brilliant um, catch and run. Uh, Ayuk had a brilliant long play where he fumbled at the end of it, or else it would have been, you know, but it's like they've got five, they've got four impact players. Yeah. And they they each make, they've each seemed to make one big play each game, at least one. And that's where their offense comes from, you know. Um, and defensively, they they're still playing really yeah. well. And you know, I thought Huffnaga would be a, a a great loss, but they have they have a rookie in there. And then they, they I saw they signed Logan Ryan as a kind of um, veteran backup, um, which was probably a smart thing to do. Uh, but they're 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 a very a very tough out, you know. And did you see on the on the um, the kick re- was it a kick re- interception return where you know wag where um, um, Warner lateral to Dre Greenlaw and mm-hmm. Dre Greenlaw was like running around in circles. I, I think he was trying to kill the clock, you know, toward the end of the game. But yeah, there was an awful they, lot of razzle dazzle. If they pulled it off, it would be sensational yeah. stuff. It is a great point. Just looking at as you were talking, Mike, at the numbers. So the, that McCaffrey run was 72 yards. And as you say, Samuel Ayak and Kittle all had 40 yard plus plays. Yeah. I mean, it's that is extraordinary, as is, and you've got to mention it again, is Purdy, of course. A lot of yeah. help from his friends there but now this is something that jumped out because you know you've made a, a good point in the past when we're looking at mvp and um you got to look at the context of well firstly their own team mvp candidates let alone uh the the wider league 
And this was a really interesting uh, point that Mike Jones from The Athletic made, specifically looking at the MVP watch, right? The MVP battle. When Trent Williams and Debo were out, the 49ers were 0-3 and they averaged 17 mm-hmm. points again, which I think is the crux of your argument. We, we, we talked about it last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it's hard to argue for an MVP in that context. That's yeah. And Purdy, there is a great argument for Purdy because he's doing exactly what the quarterback in that offense should do. Uh, and he shouldn't be penalized for playing for playing really well and for making those throws and throw you know throwing to the right guy in stride so they mm. can take advantage of the. It's not an easy skill, or, or no. else you know um, other guys other guys would have been doing this. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo had a a, year, a good year in and some in in bits in San Francisco, but you know that that's that's exactly what what they need is i i guess you could call him a point guard you know yeah a sure distribute a distributor of of, of the ball and but like also the point on, on that's what joe montana was right if well, you want i mean not to make too fine a point of it but sure. he had jerry rice and he had uh roger craig and, yeah um you know and, and brent jones at tight end and you know he had john taylor mm. you know he had weapons all, all around his job was to figure out where the, you know where the ball was supposed to go who was going to give them the best chance of a big play and you know look at Dak's big plays and they're they're 20 plus yards in the air and Purdy's sometimes are it's not that he can't throw those this is this is the point I was going to make people the, suggest you think his average yards but the yards per throw is, is way up there and I think there's a suggestion because of these explosive players because you've got the yards after catch because you've got players that can can break off big plays that Purdy just dinks it five yards and everyone does the rest and i think that's the that's the unfair it's criticism unfair. It, yeah yeah it's completely wrong and i mean that that play to kittle was just it was a brilliantly designed play uh you know run faking and then coming back to the side and kittle kittle just had to beat it the yeah. safety whom he, whom he destroyed because it wasn't safety was looking the wrong way um but he gets the ball cleanly in stride and that means the next guy gets beaten because Kittle's at full speed, he's not gearing up for more, for more speed. You know, mm. Debo's a kind of different story because Debo keeps breaking tackles early, um, and then you know, and then going through and running through people. But I mean, it's beautiful to watch. You know, the you can't praise Kyle Shanahan's offensive nows, um, you know, any more any more than than we do. And the question will be when they get into a tight game late in the game, how well that's they're going to function because that's always been Shanahan's problems. Mm. When they're behind in the fourth quarter, he loses. Mm. Uh, when they enter the fourth quarter behind, he, they can't come back. Because it's really not a drop back kind of passing offense. It's it's a play action offense. So if the team decides not to play the run, they're taking a risk. But mm. then um you know, um, Mike, how good would a Miami San Francisco yeah, Super Bowl be? Huh? A Miami it San would be pretty good. It, I mean, yeah, you you would have one of those. <laughs> I love the way I just drifted out there. You know, oh, well, I thought um, your battery run that, so I just came. Yeah, in. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna I was gonna say calculated risk, but oh, okay. um, I was I was kind of looking for the right term. Um, it would be great. It would be one of those guru guru and um, protege, you know, and, yeah. and protege kind of things. Yes, man. Yes. Oh, wise one, you know, sensei, what am I doing right? You know, oh, keep doing this, Mike, and we'll kill you. If if you're wondering, um, gang, that's basically what happens after Mike and I finish recording an episode. I have 10 minutes of that. Yeah. 10 yeah, minutes of and, debriefing. Um, and of course, you've got all those Niners in the backfield, you know, Mostert and, and Wilson, you know, um, yeah, for, for the Dolphins. Revenge so, games, almost, I love it. Almost love be it. like like old, old home week, I think. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Watch out for Minnesota. Oh boy! <laughs> well, you Mullins, can argue Mullins Magic. Talk about ex 49ers who you know who ran. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mullins Magic came, he came in and the first pass he threw was deflected into the arms of the receiver. <laughs> but you can argue the Minnesota defense is uh, on fire right now. It was the lowest scoring Ivan game. Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace. Huh? Defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. Um, certainly undrafted rookie of the year. Okay. And he had his big game now on the net. Well, it wasn't really the national stage, but yeah, it is now. Also, I was talking now. about it today. He's, the, um... he, he's, he's a guy like there's a bunch of them now because they're coming out of college, like Nicobe Dean, say, um, for the, and he's 5'10, 
you know, 220, 225, and he's their middle linebacker. He's the key to their defense. He calls all the defensive plays as an undrafted rookie. Mm. And he made plays in every stage of the game, finally, and finally the pick, where, you know, it was a nice clean pick that that he read the play and, and did. The other thing in that game was up 3 nothing. They lined up for like a 46, 48-yard field goal with Greg Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's probably not the best thing to do, you know, <laughs> given that you're only up three, nothing, but he then pooch punt, they snapped it directly to Joseph and he pooch punted. And yeah. the announcers who probably were brain dead by this point in the game, oh, so I'm cutting them some yeah. slack, yeah. but here's the call. Here's the call. So it's going to be a 46 yard field goal. Oh, Oh, that's not it. He punched, punted it. Um, oh, and they're returning it now. It was like there was no excitement or whatever. I thought this was like the play of the week, a fake field goal punt, pooch punt. And he didn't even say pooch. He didn't even get the person. It's like, yeah, it's like pooch is the second best word in the NFL after muff. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we're not live on television right now. The uh, the um how many people were left in this in, in the stadium when that when the pooch butt happened, what was it? Would you say um, less than twenty percent? If you take away the ones with the horn helmets, yeah, and and <laughs> sure. and the big horn full of beer, not many, not many left. The lowest scoring game in sixteen years on Mike that three zip thriller. But the I was Vikings surprised by that. You yeah, know? really? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I thought there'd yeah. been one. I thought there'd been one in between those those two. The Kendall Hinton every- game, Mason. Remember when he stepped in as quarterback during COVID? I thought, yeah. that was, but it wasn't quite that. Yeah, I thought that was. And there was the. I, I couldn't remember what the score was in the Blizzard game that the Patriots Blizzard won game. with yeah, only yeah. only throwing three passes. Six nothing was that? Yeah, it was something like something like that. But everyone kept saying, "When was the last you know zero zero game in the NFL?" Yeah. and I kept I kept saying, "I don't remember." But there were quite a few of them in NFL history, but there haven't been any since World War II in the modern NFL. Yeah, Got yeah. So it was like 1943, I think, was the last one. Um, on that, with that win, the Vikings are now the sixth seed in the NFC. Yeah. They retain the sixty-seven Seven and six. six. Yeah, the Packers play tonight, of course, against the Giants. The Rams were there when they're six. And seven, it is um, it is fascinating the NFC playoff race because the Eagles crazily another fifth seed, Mike. So they play the winner of the NFC West, which is currently the Bucks in top spot on the road. The Eagles would in have to three, play in in a three way in a three way tie, right? With Tampa and Atlanta at, yeah. at six at six and seven. I got an idea with now, the what playoffs, they, Mike. See what the NFL is going to do is they're they're going to ask the NF, NCAA um, seeding committee. To mm. do the NFC playoffs and oh, pick okay, great, okay, pick, pick the four teams <laughs> well, and, and well, yeah, Tampa so Bay, Tampa Bay is going to knock out the yeah. yeah, they're going to knock out the Florida team. <laughs> Sorry, I I crashed that. We'd be doing that too long. The um, <laughs> the um, idea I've got for this, which I'm certain is not an original idea, but humor me, uh, Mike, and humor me, gang at home. So the divisional winner, my life humoring you, yeah, well, fair. The divisional winner, we've talked about this a lot. They still got to get the playoff spot. But if they've got a losing record or, or uh, an inferior record to the fifth seed, right, in this instance, then the, the higher record should get the home field advantage, right? So give the South's winner a playoff spot. But to have them hosting the, the Eagles, for example, right now, if it, the season's been This has happened a lot, and it, it yeah. always does seem unfair. I think we had – I can remember us having this discussion when Seattle – I think was yeah. a seven, seven. Carolina were up there as well. I think, yeah, yeah, eight. No, they were, there was a sixteen game season, so they were seven and nine. Seven and nine, yeah. And and um, I got a got a a home a home game. I, I I would I would I'd hesitate to do that, but if you were going to do it, I think the first step in the in the rule would be if the team had a losing record. Yeah. Kind of oh, like okay. The, okay. Fine. Where the, where the end. Yeah, you know, like in the NCAA, any team that has a six and six gets yeah. gets a bowl game, which renders <laughs> all bowl, almost all bowl games meaningless. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but you know, you should have to have a, a winning record to host a game. So you know, because some divisions will be, it's not that they're weak necessarily; mm. it's that they're balanced. Yeah, you know, that it, point. it it could you know there theoretically could be a four team division where a nine and eight team wins the division. You sure. know, be, well, the North, the, the North, AFC North is a good example of that, right? I mean, it's pretty yeah, balanced. Yeah, and you know, they win it on a tiebreaker or, or whatever. You know, mm. 
but you know that, that it's a it's a fair point. You know, I think home field advantage is such that it's it's worth considering. Yeah. Um. All right. I might before we get out of dodge because time is against us. Sadly, we've been faffing around for, for far too long on the show. Let's get some more questions from the Passion Cavalier mailbag, and then you can pick your favorite. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, we haven't done it. The guy from the Athletic is in the lead right now. He's winning right now. No, you, we had James Gregory's one about Broncos winning yeah. the AFC West, right? That was a good one. Yeah. That was a goodie. Dan Clipson asks, who's been the most disappointing player this season based on their preseason expectations? Jerry Judy, he suggests, has to be up there for me. And Judy, I think he's been disappointing since he joined the league, given what we hoped he'd achieve. Right? I think that's a fair point. Um, and I thought this I thought this week we saw a little bit of him make we saw a bit of him making plays and um, that was, that was a good sign. And it's more of this kind of adjusting to the kind of offense that they want to play. Mm. Um, I would, I mean, the obvious choice would be Aaron Rodgers, but that's cheating, <laughs> cause, you know, cause it, cause it's an injury. Um, I, I think. Uh, Mac Jones, would you have Mac Jones up there? Maybe very, I mean, Bryce, I mean, can Darren, you blame Darren, Bryce Young or Mac? Darren, well, Mac, I'm not sure Mac Jones had huge. Uh, Bryce Jones would be a de- would be a decent Bryce Young pick. Yeah. I don't think anyone was Bryce Young. I don't expect. I don't think Mac Jones anyone had huge expectations for. It was, but he was going to get better with with Bill O'Brien on board. I Bill O'Brien would be a good choice. For this <laughs> um, I think Darren Waller might be. Ooh, I think yeah, Waller good, was yeah, was yeah. supposed to be was supposed to be a you know a huge addition for the Giants who would make yeah. Daniel Jones uh, more effective and and none of that none of that really ever happened. Mm. Um, Devonte Adams, mm-hmm. you have in the mix a disappointment. I mean, I guess these are players that we expect more from, but you can kind of understand given the situation and circumstance, you know what how it's going down that way. Um, yeah, there are some players who every year the expectation is that they're going to do something that they can't actually do, and I. I think that's that's a little bit um that's a little bit unfair, you know, sort of like Jamal Adams in Seattle say, you know, mm-hmm. you you know what he can do and you know what he can't do. And mm-hmm. and the problem with for Seattle is that they just can't avoid situations where he gets into a place where he's asked to cover, yeah, which he can't really do very well. Yeah. And and teams take advantage of that. But you know, he he he's a great tackler. He used to be a great pass rusher, but they don't use him as a pass rusher very much because they can't can't really afford to um what a charmer he is as well did you see that spat he had with the new york beat writer on social yeah. media he called out oh you know yeah. yeah yeah well that's i mean it, it's like when you look at the social media on Derek carr who's another disappointment mm. i'd say that that would be jimmy garoppolo would be another yeah another jimmy cheese maybe we definitely up there. Yeah, but yeah. carr got into a joy a joy match with with eric mccoy and um you know the the sports writing on the internet is insane. You know, it's like, oh, they'll never patch this up. You know, it's kind of like high school gossip. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, this is what happens. Guys yeah. get angry and, they, yeah, you know, yeah. they start. And then there was a shot. Oh, look, they're making nice now on the yeah. bench, you know, talking. Well, it was like um, it was like Metcalf with Drew Locke. Everyone's like, oh, look at Metcalf. How frustrated he is with his quarterback. So, well, yeah, yeah of course he's going to be frustrated. He's frustrated. Yeah. But don't take it out on Drew. <laughs> Come on, leave Drew out of it. All yeah. right. I um, mean, it, that, that ejection, I thought, was a little bit harsh because, but again, it's the retaliation. I thought Warner actually got the first kind of little shove in, and then mm. Metcalf reacted. Warner probably said something to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, knew which button you know, was, was pushing. Yeah, that was a that was a great that was a great brawl. Uh, oh, we love it, but we love a sideline brawl. It was we like the that. Royal Rumble. Guys, guys <laughs> yeah. kept going out and coming back. <laughs> yeah. All right, one for the right eye, Mike, from the original Dax G. Uh, is Kevin O'Connell responsible? For turning the pastronaut into the pastronaut. Should you try to scheme to a player's strengths or try to make the player work in your scheme? I thought he was trying to get a pass on kind of oh, play I think, on should, words I think the there. fact he got pass in there, I think you should give him extra. We should give him extra credit. Yeah. Um, I, I think that 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 was a and credit to Kevin O'Connell for going to Nick Mullins simply because they they needed a spark. And also because you could you could probably assume that the Raiders were defending what they thought they would get from Josh Dobbs um, and trying to keep him contained running wise. And that's the problem. You know, Dobbs is Dobbs is a pretty good quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. His arm is not the most accurate, but he's, he's got a lot of arm strength and stuff and he's mobile. Um, so you, you have, you put him in a, the right situation. He can play very well as we've seen, but 
as I keep arguing in the NFL, it's the consistency that's the important thing to run an offense. Right. Um, and and it's hard to depend on running quarterbacks for consistency because you can scheme you can scheme them in. You can you know you can uh, put a put a spy on them. There's there's various ways you can you can cope with that. So I I, I thought. I thought um, they did a great job defensively on Aiden O'Connell, obviously, mm-hmm. but I was a little disappointed they weren't more effective offensively because I thought they could probably try to run the ball more without Josh Dobbs. Um, you know, mm-hmm. let, let Madison um, let Madison carry it more. And that Jefferson back um, and forth for a while, and then of course he went out for a play, yeah. yeah, basically, and that was a hard shot he took. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was not like a Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Are we talking about disappointing guys yeah. who haven't <laughs> lived up to that? Oh How did I forget? It takes nine Watson. minutes to get to Deshaun yeah. Watson. Yeah, God. And and um, yeah, I mean Jefferson back, and then Jefferson's back. It was like yeah. uh, boom, boom. Nice. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> I think I think give give the passion. Uh, yeah, let's quarter, hear it. Give the passion quarter um, prize to um to that disappointing player question uh okay that is disappointing player oh well is dan clipson there you go dan dan clippo 88 is your uh i'm guessing x handle twitter handle so congratulations uh seb and the crew will be in touch with you to give you your well-deserved prize I mentioned three card monty earlier and then it mm-hmm. occurred to me the reason i mentioned it was our old buddy johnny gould Oh, from Google, Channel yeah. Five, yeah, yeah. five days, yeah. put up a, a public warning on Facebook oh, that there were there were three cart Monty guys operating on Waterloo Bridge. And don't fall for it. <laughs> that means you, know, you got hustled. <laughs> it's a scam. Yeah, oh, and I and I I messaged I, I commented on it to Johnny and I said, yeah, the only way to win at three cart Monty is to reach down and pull two of the cups up, mm. and then pull your gun out and say. The P better be under that other cup, or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Which is you an see old the funny movie, side of that, old... an old movie scene, yeah. But yeah, I, but, yeah. I love that. I so love that Johnny, story. That Johnny's cool. still He's got on his job. <laughs> That's great. Hey, listen, you're a dangerous thin ice there, I Mike. After your oh, you know, I, I got hustled. Yeah. I got hustled. That, that's for next week's show. You we'll can bring that, that up oh, when we what... when we talk about the Saints or something. That's my Christmas gift, something like that. There you go. I love yeah. it. Iron Mike. Iron, Iron Mike. Zero New Orleans one. <laughs> it was brilliant. I was on the I was on the road. That's my excuse. Oh, sure you were. Sure you were. Uh, at Carson Sports, it's how you follow the big man on Twitter, uh, and of course the Patreon column, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carson FMTE. Go get involved with that. Subscribe. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Go support the big man, uh, Carson. Always a pleasure, mate. Enjoy the week. That's fun. Makes my Monday mornings. Yeah, you and me both. Forces me to wake up. Yeah, it took us a while, but we got there. We like we're like the Denver Broncos of podcasting. Home, Mike, we are we're peaking <laughs> at the right time. Uh, look after uh-huh. yourself. Sean Sean Payton's not going to be my coach. We're not going <laughs> to. That's not going to work. I think you're Payton and I'm Wilson. Surely, out of that, <laughs> out of that dynamic. All right, bud. Take care. Podcast Network.